Welcome to the podcast Slavery Unraveled. Conversations about being modern slavery free by Be Slavery Free, a charity working together to prevent, disrupt and abolish modern slavery globally. G'day, I'm Fuzz Kiddo, co-director of Be Slavery Free and welcome to this podcast of Slavery Unraveled. In the last two podcasts, we've been looking at the importance of prevention. Prevention of modern slavery is much better than cure in so many ways, from economical, social, health and well-being benefits. But most of all, prevention helps stop modern slavery before it happens. We often look at the myths around modern slavery that we've heard as we present to different groups. Things like, uh, isn't slavery a thing of the past? No, there are more slaves in the world now than any other time in human history. Isn't slavery isolated to poor countries? No, slavery is in every country in the world, from poorest to richest. I can understand how this happens to children, but shouldn't adults be smarter? No, people's vulnerability through poverty and the desire for a better life or a better life for their children means adults get tricked, coerced or deceived and then trapped into modern slavery. If the conditions are so bad, why don't people just leave? They don't leave because they can't. Either their identity papers or passports are taken off them, meaning they can't travel or they are threatened with violence or they threaten to harm or kill their families or psychologically they are threatened and uh, told that there are dangerous uh, people or animals around, depending on their context, that if they escape, the harm to them will be catastrophic. But one of the most common myths or questions we get asked is, I understand this is a problem, but shouldn't governments just fix it? Well, like businesses and civil society, governments have a role to play in creating legislation, engaging the public service, signing and upholding international protocols are all important parts, but they are part of the solution. In each of these three legs of the society stool that we've been looking at, which is uh, government, uh, business and civil society, consumers, um, each one has a part to play in the overall solution of abolishing modern slavery. Role definition is really important in working out who is best to do what. What is the role and capacity of business? What is the role of civil society and consumers? And in this podcast, I want to look at the role of governments, particularly in preventing modern slavery. So what's been happening around the world with governments? Laws of a country help protect and they express and formulate the values of a society or country. It's been interesting to see the evolution of modern slavery legislation. One of the first off the rank, uh, first of the rank was the California Transparency and Supply Chain Act. It was passed in 2010-11. What is significant with a, a state law, you might ask, like California? Well, The state of California has an economy the size of Germany and is bigger than the economy of Australia. Arnie Schwarzenegger was the governor and we we kind of imagined that he worked out he couldn't be president because he was not born in America, a prerequisite, and so he wanted to do something that was going to be lasting. So he got his attorney general to draw up legislation because we think that he may have worked out that 
he was not going to be back. So therefore, he better do something useful while he was there. That's our imagination anyway. And so the Attorney General was asked to draw up legislation to tackle modern slavery. That person is now the Vice President of the United States. And it asked businesses with annual worldwide gross receipts exceeding 100 million US dollars uh, to re, uh, well, it required them to disclose their efforts to eradicate slavery and human trafficking from their supply chains. This may include uh, uh, conducting audits or inspections of suppliers, subcontractors and other business partners. It included disclosure, verification, auditing and certifications, training and education. Next came the UK Modern Slavery Act in 2015. It included transparency in supply chains, similar to the Californian Transparency and Supply Chain Act. Businesses operating in the UK, though, with a annual turnover above £33 million, were required to publish a slavery and modern trafficking statement. The statement they said, should include uh, an outline the steps being taken by the organisational company to prevent modern slavery in its operations and supply chains. The Act established an independent anti-slavery commissioner responsible for encouraging good practice, supporting victims and monitoring the effect of measures taken to combat modern slavery. The anti-slavery commissioner were to publish a an annual report to highlight progress and the challenges in combating slavery and uh, human trafficking. The Act established an independent anti-slavery commissioner responsible for the good practice and support, and so uh, it was quite key. The sad part in the UK that they've not reappointed someone into that role, which has been vacant for about two years now. And so it's been really hard to see how that has been doing the work that it was set out to do in combating slavery and human trafficking. The UN Anti-Slavery Act uh, also introduced new offences related to slavery, to servitude, forced or compulsory labour and human trafficking. Individuals and organisations found guilty of these offences could face severe penalties, including imprisonment and fines. Then came the Australian Modern Slavery Act in 2018. And we spent two years of our lives lobbying for this act. We tried to work out what we could do with the, uh, the work that we were doing in advocacy, uh, trying to stop modern slavery, and what could happen with a robust Australian Modern Slavery Act. And we realised the bar would be lifted. And... It, had it been, uh, I had been in the UK when the NGOs had gathered together about the uh, Modern Slavery Act there, and the government said to them that if they came up with core inclusions that they thought were, were key that everybody agreed to, um, that the chance was that they would get them into the Act. I attended two of these NGO meetings. They could not agree and could not work together. So I came back to Australia and said to Carolyn Kitto, my co-director of Be Slavery Free, if we get one in Australia, we will get the civil society groups together and we will try and work together and sit down with companies and have a dialogue with what we think would be important to have included. And that's what we did. 
The Australian Modern Slavery Act came about because of a government inquiry which was headed up by Chris Cruther. He was the youngest member of the, the or the youngest politician in the uh, in the parliament in the Liberal Party, and he headed up a group of 33 politicians from across the parties. As they progressed the inquiry, they said, we thought we were pretty informed people, but we had no idea what was happening. The report was aptly titled Hidden in Plain Sight. Uh, and Ambassador um, Debaki, uh, the US Ambassador for uh, Human Trafficking, um, said that he thinks it is actually one of the best government reports that's ever been written in the area of modern slavery. We worked closely with the politicians and with the minister covering the modern slavery at that time, who was Senator Linda Reynolds. She was able to get through the cabinet what she could. It included that the Act requires businesses and other entities with annual consolidated revenue of over 100 million Australian dollars or more and to prevent and submit and prepare and submit an annual modern slavery statement. This statement was to outline the steps the organisations had taken to address modern slavery within its operations and supply chain. The Act emphasises the importance of addressing slavery practice in global supply chains. Businesses are required to identify and examine the potential risks of modern slavery in their supply chains and then take actions to mitigate those risks. The Act does not include uh, financial penalties for non-compliance. However, reputational damage as well as potential public scrutiny and supply chain implications could uh, could motivate businesses and entities to comply with the reporting requirements. However, a review uh, has been held since then and new recommendations included uh, include the establishment of an anti-slavery commissioner, what we've been asking for all along, and for there to be penalties uh, and a due diligence framework that they report on and penalties uh, um, uh, for uh, a, a lack of production of a list of com- a, a, a lack of um, uh, fulfilling the requirements of a modern slavery statement, but they're also going to produce a list of commodities from particular regions and countries that are hotspots, and there's got to be increased due diligence by companies and entities. When we say entities, it's things like uh, schools, like. Um, universities like charitable organisations, welfare groups, etc., that have over 100 million um, accumulated revenue. But the recommendation is also that that be dropped, the threshold be dropped to 50 million. Well, the EU are now developing the EU Due Diligence for Human Rights Act, which will include the banning of goods produced under forced labour to be able to enter and be sold in the EU. This is a real game changer. The European Parliament, in its resolution on the 10th of March 2021, calls upon the EU Commission to propose union rules uh, for comprehensive corporate due diligence obligation, obligations with consequences including civil liability for those companies and entities that cause or contribute to harm by failing to carry out due diligence. In other words, to really check and have a system to show that they are checking. And that is going to be, as we, as I said before, 
a real game changer. This is having massive effects around the world. In one of our big supermarkets, we were having a conversation and uh, we, our staff person, uh, who is based in Amsterdam, uh, said, oh, we have also the deforestation laws that came in just before this uh, and are similar that you cannot bring any goods into the EU to be sold uh, if uh, they come from deforested areas uh, 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 since 2014 and the person uh, in this supermarket chain said oh we would talk about that three times a day and uh, Reuben our staff person in Amsterdam said really uh, that's EU law I said yes but we have uh, investors who've got to abide by the EU regulations when they are investing in other companies around the world it's going to be a game changer and so uh we now see that the next one coming up in uh, legislation is New Zealand. And at the end of September, they released their draft legislation of a modern slavery act. And under the new law, companies will be required to be transparent and annually disclose the risks of modern slavery in their supply chains and operations. The law will apply to all companies with an annual revenue of 20 million New Zealand dollars, which includes around about... 4,000 entities in New Zealand. And that's going to be a new phase coming in. Be Slavery Free is a coalition of organisations. We believe the only way we can effectively tackle modern slavery is together. We're donor-funded, which means that the way we can do our work with consumers, companies and governments is donations from the public. So if you'd like to be a part of stopping modern slavery, go to our website, beslaveryfree.com and click on the donate button on the top right-hand corner. It will take you to the ways that you can support it. Now, back to the podcast. Then there is the New South Wales Modern Slavery Act. The act defines modern slavery broadly to include various types of exploitation, such as forced labour, human trafficking, debt bondage, child labour and servitude. It applies to both the private sector and also public institutions uh, with a total turnover of at least 50 million Australian dollars. That means government procurement has got to put in a report. And so... Uh, uh, the organisations covered are required to submit their annual statements to the Modern Slavery Commissioner. Uh, and James Cocaine, who is the commissioner, uh, is an exceptionally good person for this. He has got long experience in this area and has done some significant things around the world. The statement should include the steps taken to identify and assess modern slavery risks, the actions taken to address these risks, and the effect effectiveness of these actions. The Act aims to promote transparency, encourage due diligence and ultimately reduce the occurrence of modern slavery within the supply chains and operations of the covered organisations and companies. President Biden in the USA has created the UGA Forced Labour Prevention Act and they've invested 268 million US dollars and created staff of over 300 to deal with it. Some of our legal partners in the USA say it's one of the most radical acts and pieces of legislation brought in in the last 100 years there. It creates a notion of rebuttable presumption. 
What that means is that goods imported from regions and countries known to have slavery in the production of them are presumed to have slavery in the supply chain, and it is on the importers to prove that it doesn't. It's like the French law, where you are, if you're arrested, you are presumed to be guilty, and you have to prove that you are innocent. It is similar to the USA Border Protection Clause that President Obama signed in before he left office, evoking an old law that said goods produced with slavery would not be allowed into the United States. Now, remember, the United States have a civil war over slavery. The Border Protection Law states that it is illegal to bring goods into the USA if it's found to be made with forced labour in any of the supply chain. Companies which are accused of doing so can have their goods held at ports till they can prove that there is not forced labour in the supply chain. It's, again, rebuttable presumption. And it's called having a WRO slapped on you. WRO stands for Withhold and Release Order. We did a major contract with six other NGOs working together with an overseas company who had a WRO slapped on them because of accused labour abuses in their factories in Malaysia. One of the things that our B-slavery free team did was to look at the emerging trends in legislation regarding modern slavery that were coming up in the next three to five years. And we saw that there are a number of trends that were happening. It was a 78-page document. A lot is happening in this area. Here are some of the trends. A move from soft law to hard law, from guiding principles to hard legal obligations, from self-disclosed practices to due diligence. It's a new wave of legislation, which uh, I've mentioned, which is a trend away from just disclosure-based legislation. The third one is looking at not only at supply chains, but also value chains. And there's a growing acceptance that responsibility to undertake human rights due diligence extends to a company's entire value chain, downstream and upstream. Uh, it's a more, so there's a more fair distribution of profits from goods. And the fourth one was businesses must trace entire value chains. Uh, the fifth one was uh, forced labour import bans that I've been mentioning. Increased uh, numbers of import bans are being introduced to prevent goods uh, coming into countries like the US, like the UK, Canada, Mexico and US and EU. And then the move to a human rights and values based legislation. Looking at not just a tick and flick, um, but looking at uh, a focus on what are the values of the country and culture and how they embedded in an action in a society or business. And this is what's been happening then in a lot of legislations around the world. They started off suggesting guidelines and standards and the need to look for modern slavery, but with no penalties. And so now it's going to hard legislation with penalties because the other was not effective. The other areas of prevention that governments do is to protect and uphold legislation. It's what's called Rule of law. Police, officials, inspectors are all part of a government's role uh, and, uh, and if resources, technology, tools and appropriate staffing are not adequate or adequately supplied by government, then the legislation is toothless. When we started to get involved in this work, many of the police and officials covering modern slavery and governments were sceptical to the extent of modern slavery existing at all. 
Now, that has changed incredibly. And there is a understanding that this is a fast-growing crime. The other area of governments uh, and their role in this prevention is the research funding and policy development to bring together all the groups involved trying to make changes to modern slavery. Places like Australia, uh, which has invested uh, over $128 million a year in uh, uh, countering and preventing uh, the drug trade, um, well, we find that modern slavery, which is the second biggest in national crime to drugs, uh, it's around $10.6 million over five years that was budgeted. But in the last budget, an additional $24.5 million was added to support those who have experienced modern slavery. In fairness, as the new Anti-Slavery Commissioner comes into effect federally in Australia, more funds will be put to support their role. Well, that's a glimpse onto the role of government and some of the things that have been done and are emerging. What can you do to, to help this happen in governments? There are petitions and submissions that we are continually involved in. Uh, these are on our website and we often have petitions to other country governments as well. Um, because of the things that are happening there that affect us and the people there. The other thing you can do is communicate with your state and federal politicians to tell them how important that you think this is and you want them to increase efforts to prevent modern slavery occurring. Never underestimate the power and role you have as a voter and as a citizen. Well, that's some more insights to help unravel modern slavery for you. This has been Fuzz Kiddo, and may you have... A slavery free day. Well, this has been Slavery Unraveled, conversations about being slavery free. And remember, if you want more resources, go to our website, beslaveryfree.com. And there you can also donate to us if you click the donate button at the top right hand corner.